0: and welcome to our Bible Ponder for this week. Um, This past Sunday, we announced in church that um, I'm going to be um, changing jobs, and so I will be leaving Ellen at the end of the month, and so the Bible Ponder won't continue um, after I leave. And so I thought for these last few weeks that we had together, I would look at a few texts that I thought um, or that I think are particularly important, or um, important to me, um, and important to our faith as sort of building blocks for how we see the faith, how we see the world. Um, and so, um, for the first one this week, I thought it would be just a good place to start at John chapter 1 and this opening prologue to the Gospel of John. I think um, most of us are familiar with this passage, or at least um, if I start reading it, you'll maybe recognize and be familiar with it. But what is part of this prologue is really, really important, and it gets at the heart of a lot of uh, what we call Christology, our um, view of who Jesus is in terms of Jesus's um God uh, identity and who Jesus is as um, our Savior, our Messiah. And so um, as a bit of background, you may already be familiar with this, but if you're not, um, hopefully this is a bit interesting to you. Um, There's some really important background to consider, um, and that is with this word, word, that we have in John. Um, John 1 begins, in the beginning was the word, and that is a bit odd to us as English speakers. Just the word is an idea or a concept. It's very philosophical, and you get that kind of right away from John, and it's a good way to, to begin because John does, um, John does uh, have a much more philosophical gospel than maybe Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which we call the Synoptics. They um, are heavily Jewish, and so is John, but they are Jewish and. They're um, concerned a lot with history. And John is more philosophical and he's more um, kind of around the edges. And I think he's trying to fill in the gaps that Matthew, Mark, and Luke um, have maybe um, left in certain places. So um, we start off with this very philosophical idea of the word, this concept. And where does that come from? The idea of the of the word as an idea is something that did exist before the Gospel of John. And one of the places where we see it especially is in the um, Jewish writer Philo. Now, he lived um, a a little bit before the New Testament was written, and he lived in Alexandria in Egypt. And Alexandria is Greek-speaking. It's very influenced by the Greek and the Roman empires. And Philo does talk philosophically about this idea of the word and what it means and how important it is the greek word for that is logos it's where we get things like logical um, words like that and so this idea of the logos is this um primary concept in philosophy this deep truth of of what is and what exists and what it means for for god to exist as a sort of word is kind of the background here so john's not just coming out of nowhere he's not just inventing this but what he says is so important when we read between the lines a bit, although you don't have to read between the lines too hard. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And um, literally, the uh, in Greek, it's in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and God was the Word. And... Um, he was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. So he's already talking about this word. But who is this word? What is this? He's, he's sort of saying it is God, but it's also somewhat so different than God. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. So he's already made that connection of the Word also being the light. His back in verse four to verse five, he says that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and he says he was in the world, this light. And the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only son who is close to the father's heart, who has made him known. And that's a really important bit there at the end. So the the main thing that we see from this that's really, really important is this connection that John is making logically between this philosophical concept of the word, this um, ethereal idea that's like God, but somewhat different than God, that's part of the creation and creator and bringing light And then that word has become flesh in Christ. Remember, it says the word was God, or God was the word. So this word is flesh, and that is Jesus. So Jesus is God. And that claim to divinity is something really, really important, something that Christianity takes away from um, a lot of the Gospels. Now, there's not really... um, the 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 idea of jesus as god incarnate is is woven somewhat like a tapestry we don't have a single sentence in the new testament that says um jesus is yahweh god as a human being we have a lot of different ways of saying that but we don't have that one sentence but this is maybe as close as we come that the word was god and the word became flesh and that's jesus but this other term here at the end of this sort of section is also really important. It says, the, the law indeed was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, it is God the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. So we get in discussion sometimes, and it's quite easy to lean back on the old tropes of um, talking about a God of the Old Testament versus a God of the New Testament, as if there's a there's a pretty massive difference, and as if God has like changed God's mind, and that there was God acted a certain way in the Old Testament, and then Jesus came, and God, it's God basically going, right, that wasn't really working. I'm going to try a different tactic here, and um, I'm going to be nice now. This is kind of debunking that. I think what, what this is trying to tell us is that, look, back then we didn't really know God. We thought God was maybe like this. We thought God was maybe angry or was being vindictive or doing all of these things. But that was our own misunderstanding because no one's actually seen God. That's all just our interpretation of events. The only way we know God is through Jesus. Because Jesus is the Word, become flesh, and that Word was God. That is how important this passage is. It's, it's philosophical and it's beautiful, and it takes us on a journey. But those concepts are so foundational. They're so important to what we believe and what we see as the truth of Christianity, the very core, the skeleton on which the body is hanging, That Jesus is God incarnate and that through Jesus, we get to know the truth of who God is and that we don't know God fully outside of Jesus. So anything that we see in the Old Testament that might contradict who Jesus was, that might look more vindictive, it might look more judgmental, it might look all of those things, we have to say, no, Jesus is the fullness of who we know as God. And we have to judge all of those other things against Jesus rather than judging Jesus against those other things. So that is um, why I wanted to start here, why I wanted to do a few videos of things like this. So that's John chapter one. And it's that very important um, double sort of idea that Jesus is God and that Jesus is the only way that we know God fully. So I hope that um, that was um, something that kind of brightened your day, something that made you um, consider and think and reflect And um, do please join us next week for another one of these. Have a good night.